0: All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy
1: tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, TV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at sons of liberty And for our Muslim friends, I'm Liam Fidel, the infidel that Allah warns you about to hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of liberty and also sons of in fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. Um you can catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll go live right in that little section right there. And on the right side is where we're at. All you gotta do is click the play button. Uh, blow it up on whatever device you're on, and then look in the bottom right hand corner for the Rumble icon. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Please subscribe to the channel. Help us out with that. We would appreciate it very much. And then also, we're streaming to beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Also, a number of little Facebook pages with my name on them, uh, public and personal, I guess. I, I don't know how they exactly weigh that out but those are there also on my twitter account which is the real tim brow two the number two uh don't put the in there just put a two in its place you'll find it okay so all of that's there and uh when you're when you're over at suncelebritymedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live there's a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter uh if you want to do that you get one email from us a day it comes late in the evening seven to eight o'clock eastern something like that is when we send it out and if you want our ministry email, go to sons of liberty You find out what the ministry's been doing throughout the week, uh, exclusive content, uh, Bradley's article for the week, and then whatever we're highlighting as far as in our store uh, and the discount there. You get that first and foremost before anybody else does. Uh, that's at sons of liberty media, excuse me, sons of liberty Also, if you'd like to help us out, you appreciate our message that we give. Boy, I know some people got stirred up yesterday. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, But uh, you can help us out. Uh, There's a donate button at the top of the page of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And uh, we appreciate everybody who supports us, not only financially, but many of you guys through your prayers, coming in, listening every day, coming in the chat, watching the video channels. Um, I got to tell you, for me, I can't speak for Bradley, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he has the same heart. We're very appreciative of you guys' support. Uh, if, if you're not supporting us, if nobody's listening, then we're you know we're not <laughs> doing what we're supposed to do. So, with that said, thank you very much. We appreciate you guys very much. All right, our store is available too. Just want to hit that. That link is off the page as well. This week we're highlighting what is the price T-shirt. Uh, the front of it says, "What is the price of your freedom?" Ask a veteran. On the back, it says, "What is the price of your redemption?" Ask the Son of God. And normally, I mean, these are pretty popular shirts. Normally, these are twenty dollars, a little more for the double X, triple X, large. Uh, but this week only through tomorrow night, Saturday night at midnight, you can get ten percent off of them by using the promo code PRICE. So the promo code PRICE gets you ten percent off, but that is only through tomorrow night uh, at midnight. So if you're wanting to pick that up. Grab it. I told you the other day I had it on. Mine's practically rotting, uh, coming apart. I've had it so long. There's so many washings and everything. But it's a great shirt. It's got a good message on it. And, uh, yeah, many of you have have already got this. Now, before I get into our guest today, I got one video I'm going to show you. Now, you guys, uh, I get a lot of videos. Some great people in Telegram drop off some good videos. Some of them I may not necessarily fully agree with, but they've got information in there that's very interesting. Um, so I, I I tell you, look, eat the meat, spit out the bones. The Apostle Paul says, hold fast to that which is good, <laughs> let go of what's bad. Right? You have to be discerning. I can't be your daddy. I don't I don't claim to be that. I'm not going to sanitize everything for you. Okay? Um, and I believe our audience is is a pretty smart audience. In many cases, more well informed about what's going on than I am. I confess that I'm not God. I, I don't know everything, but I, I throw bonus videos in the archive, uh, uh with the archive that we do. This one, <clears throat> I think I had in yesterday's archive. This is a Polish attorney or lawyer, okay? We, we made distinction about that before, right? So I got to get it right. He's a Polish lawyer. He's asked to put on a mask. Now, you guys on Red State Talk Radio, you're not going to be able to see it. You're just going to hear... You know, whatever they speak, they're Polish, right? You're gonna, you're gonna hear this, and you're gonna just, you're gonna crack up at this guy's cleverness. Uh, take a look. So the judge here is telling him to put his mask on. He puts it around his nose. It looks like a pair, a pair of pantyhose or something on his face. Then he just puts it across his mouth. Then he says, "I've had enough of this." <laughs> look at this. <laughs> The guy grabs a gas mask I mean he looks like a doomsday prepper You know the guy from doomsday prepper uh, That they use on the front This is what he used Very very clever My hat's off to you for making them look like the fools That they are Uh, And Oh now they got the police in on it Yeah we're not going to put up with that We're not going to put up with your joking uh, And stuff Look at this Look at this. To arrest this guy, okay, because of what he did there, he won't comply with the tyrant in the black robe over, uh, and and the tyrant is not a doctor, is he? Didn't think that was the job of uh, judicial uh, people to enforce health things. Did they have authority over that? I, I didn't think they had authority over that. Neither do politicians, by the way. They're not doctors. Now, they'll get you if you talk about, hey, I took this for you know, whatever ails me, and boy, it cured me. You used the C word. Or, you healed, or I healed myself. You used the H word. And they're going to come after you with full force because you're giving medical information. and that could, But then they're going to come in here and tell you you've got to wear a mask over something that hasn't even proven to exist. But I, I just thought this guy was very clever. Yeah, i got a full mask on. Uh, I'll put this on. Nobody's going to be hurt, right? It's just crazy. Anyway, real quickly, yesterday's show, thank you guys out there. um, He goes by the Orator, I think, or Orator blog. Uh, He got my video before I got a chance to post it up, and a lot of people got to see it. Boy, it ruffled some feathers. I'm glad. Good. You need to have your feathers ruffled if you're still following and worshiping Donald Trump. You really do. You need to see the man for what he is. He's just as dangerous. In fact, he's more dangerous than Joe Biden. And I'll tell you why. Because he pretends that he's on your side while he's selling you out. And we're going to talk about Trump 2.0, which is Ron DeSantis. He's being set up in the place to run for president. And he's doing the same kind of stuff. He's giving you what you want to hear, what you want to see. All of this stuff I thought Bradley did from what I heard yesterday. I only heard just a few minutes. Was doing a good job in showing that Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, while it appeals to their base, I don't know why it does because they don't think that these guys are violating the law just as much as Joe Biden is violating the law. But they have the they have the team jersey on that the people like, and so they cheer it on. And uh, you know, from my uh, investigations into Southwest Florida, uh, the corruption that's in there, it goes right up to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis knows it's going on. And yet he does nothing. And so to talk about that a little bit today, about a specific case, we're titling this uh, What His New Book Is, and I'll show you this here in just a second. Murder and Corruption in Florida is uh, a friend uh, of the Sons of Liberty. He's been on before. We had him on to talk about this issue, and now the book's out. And uh, it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Sandy Modell. Good morning, brother.
0: Good morning, Tim. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now we talked about this before. You were gonna you were gonna be putting out this in a book because you wanted to draw attention to it because not because you're trying to take down Ron DeSantis. That's not your that's not your bag here. You're wanting to get justice for your son, Ryan. And so to bring people up to speed who may not have heard our first interview, can you take a few minutes and kind of tell us what went on before we get into what the contents of the book and things what went on there with your son and why are you why are you after putting this out here to call attention to this issue uh as as a father of a son that that was obvious it's very clear to me i think it was even clear to many in southwest florida even the mockingbird media down there uh that your son was was actually murdered
0: Well that's correct um the story very simply is that uh, he knocked on the door one night in a complex of buildings that looked the same. And out partying with his friends, they were out by the pool. Two in the morning, walks home, goes to the wrong building. Correct unit, wrong building. And the result was uh, he woke somebody up and the guy was all angry at him, slammed the door on him, and my son left. And that's where it should have stopped. The uh, people in the house called uh, called the police. Police said, stay inside, we're on our way. My son walked off and left. Instead, under oath, the deposition show the guy waited in his house at least two, possibly four minutes, somewhere between two and four minutes, went upstairs, got his gun, went back outside looking for my son. So Stand Your Ground is all about not having to retreat, but it's not not an opportunity to go looking for trouble. And that's what happened. He went and found my son about 100 yards uh, from his house. Uh, facing the other direction, seated on the ground, not a threat. Pointed a gun at him, hollered at him, and when my son stood up and moved in his direction, he fired a fatal shot. Hmm. And this is what they've called stand your ground. The problem is the corruption, as you discussed, down in southwest uh, Florida, pretty serious. The woman that is now the state attorney was running at the time, and she preferred throwing a stand your ground uh, case to the NRA. They were, she was quoting them, and that was actually her margin of victory for the... Um, uh, the NRA endorsed voters, uh, or endorsed with the NRA. So my point is that if you look at what took place that night, and that's all the book's about, if you look at what took place last uh, that night, clearly it's a murder. Everyone sees it. Anyone that's ever looked at this, uh, former state attorneys, prosecutors, elected officials, experienced journalists, anybody that's ever looked at this has seen a murder. Um. So we petitioned the the governor's office, and he would much prefer to have, um, well, to protect a corrupt Republican uh, than to take action. So what I did, after several petitions and waiting for several years, and after three years, if a journalist calls the governor's office and says, what's the status on the petition, all they get is it is still under review. They've been reviewing it supposedly for over three years, um, but never coming to a conclusion. I got tired of it. And what made sense was to write a book that looked at three, maybe four elements. Number one, the murderer. He's an absolute sociopath. Number two, Mira Fox. Uh, This was her decision across the board. Fully corrupt. Number three, um, Captain Levin. He was a lieutenant at the time, but he oversaw the investigation. Two of them, actually, both investigations. And his absolute conclusion is this is a murder and it's listed in the book, his testimony. And then finally, the governor, who has turned a blind eye to this. He was very quick to, uh, to take a Democratic, uh, Democratic Party state attorney. Uh, Andrew Warren from Hillsborough County uh, had announced that he was not going to pursue um, uh, free choice cases. And the governor felt that that was egregious enough to remove him from office. But there were no cases on the table it was just theoretical and besides governor scott had removed people before for expressing similar views and he would removed them from those particular cases but and that was a far more proportionate response in this case desantis was happy to take a state attorney remove an elected official for an opinion of what he might do that was well within uh, prosecutorial discretion but when it comes to republicans uh, in this case, Amira Fox, who has not only ignored my son's murder, but has ignored other murders because they weren't convenient for her schedule. In that case, he's willing to turn a blind eye. So the story is very simple. He's talking about the, uh, the murderer, Amira Fox, and, and, and her history. And if you look at her actions, her resume reads more like a rap sheet. I said that in the book, and I think it's true. So looking at the murderer, looking at the, uh, the state attorney and her actions, Looking at the actual investigation, uh, the captain, the, he was a lieutenant at the time, is captain now, uh, that conducted it, and the governor's position on this. And the idea was, it's occurred to me over the years, that this is not a legal issue. This isn't something that I need attorneys for. That has failed. Realistically, this is all about politics. And politics, to fight politics, you need publicity. And that's why I wrote the book.
1: Yeah, you know that politics is what it's got to and in this country we're supposed to be, you know, ruled by law. In fact, when we talk about in this country we're supposed to be ruled by law, we're talking about our representatives are supposed to be ruled by law. Because the state constitution rules over our representatives, the the federal constitution, the US constitution rules over our representatives there. It doesn't rule over us. We're the people. We're the the sovereigns together over them. We're telling them this is the boundaries that, you, that you're that you to stay within and you're to enforce the law that we have established, which is basically common law. That's what it's supposed to be. Now it's been turned into a whole corporation, so you have bylaws, code statutes, all this other stuff. And they don't want to enforce anything unless it's political, like you said. We saw that with Ron DeSantis in dealing with the Broward County Sheriff making a political move out of something that wasn't criminal. The people had elected this guy. Uh, they're responsible for removing him. And then what does he put in his place? He puts us an open swinger in his place. Now, I if that doesn't tell people what the Republican Party is in. Florida. And if you don't if you don't believe me, go into the the Southwest Florida area and you'll see what those Republicans stand for and who they support. They support baby murderers. They support well, here's one. Mira Fox, you you said this. Uh our friend Chris Crowley. Chris Crowley's been on on the show before. He's, you know, before the bar and everything else, because of Amira Fox, what did he do? He pointed out Amira Fox whose name is really Amira Dejani. She has, her family is tied to the PLO, terrorist PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization led that was led formerly by Yasser Arafat. And what happened? Her boss, while she was running for office against Chris, her boss went after Chris because he simply exposed the fact that a book was written, campaign contributions were given to her by, I don't know if it was her dad or uncle, I forget which one it was, but you can read about this here. Uh, who was tied to the PLO, and he simply called it out. He didn't say she was a Muslim or or anything like that. He just simply said, this is what was going on. That was the corruption going on there. And, you know, Sandy, one of the things is, is that Ron DeSantis has been given this information. Um, He's been given other information about corruption there in uh, Southwest Florida and stuff. They have done nothing, neither he nor Ashley Moody, nor FDLE, nor the Ethics Commission. None of them are interested in really dealing with the corruption. And I'm not talking about, you know, people like you and me, or even this guy who killed your son. We're talking about those who have been put into authority. And so I'm glad that you've wrote, written the book, uh, that you've put that out there, and I hope people will check it out. But let's get into something here. What is your what is your thoughts as a father? In this situation, and I know you, I, know, I we've talked on the phone. I know you're for stand your ground, but this is clearly not that. This is like, you know, seek and destroy is what it is. It's not, it's not stand your ground at all. What's your thoughts as you see Ron DeSantis positioning himself to run for the White House? Uh, and of course, we've been talking about his moves with illegal aliens. But what's your what's your stance on that when you see this injustice go just? Without any care, you said it's been several years they say we're investigating this, which is we, we all know that means we don't care about this. We've got more important things to do. What's your thoughts on that when, when it keeps coming back to that?
0: Well, you've you raised a couple of issues. And the first one I want to go back to is that we don't report to the government. The, the, the government reports to us. That's right. Uh, the problem is when there's someone like a DeSantis in a position of power and one or two people ask a question, he can ignore it. The purpose of the book was to generate publicity so that more than one or two people are asking that question. Because when it gets to the point where the question is coming up too much, he'll address it. So, number one, um, I, I believe that point. And, and I think they do report to us. I just don't have enough us yet. And that's what the idea was behind the book. Now, you mentioned the FTLE and uh, the Attorney General and a bunch of these other things. These are the offices and commissions that are put in place to protect us. The problem is this, uh, they all lead to the same place. So the FTLE uh, reports to the governor. Uh, Ashley Moody is certainly a a coattail candidate. And uh, the governor is uh, someone that she doesn't want to cross paths with, uh, cross swords with rather. So there are a number of instances where there are election commission and ethics commission and FTLE, but they all report towards the governor. So it's, it's a bunch of wonderfully designed uh, offices that all look like they're going to protect us and put a flashlight and shine a little light on things, but they all lead to the same place. So if the governor does not want to do this, all the FDLEs and all the ethics commissions in the world aren't going to do anything about it. Now, with regards to Stand Your Ground, I don't really have an opinion on Stand Your Ground. Um, I'm, I'm, I just don't. I have owned a gun. I don't currently own a gun, but I have in the past. I understand and and support the Second Amendment. Stand your ground is not really an issue for me any more than, I would say, vehicular homicide. This case was neither of those two things. This was not stand your ground. Stand your ground is an expanded version of self-defense. I understand it, and I think it's appropriate in some places. However, I think when it's misapplied, as in this case and others, it can easily become a hall pass for murder. I agree. And that's where the danger comes in. So I don't have an issue with Stand your ground. I don't have a problem with, uh, with the law. But if you look at the elements of the law and where those protections kick in, none of those things apply in this case. Number one, it's supposed to be one continuous action. It's fear at the time. If you and I have an, an altercation and one of us fears the other right now, that would be covered by Stand your ground. I can't come back an hour later and say, hey, I remembered I'm afraid now. Now I'm going to take action. And that's what took place here. So, number one, you had reengagement After two to four minutes, safely behind a locked door, instructed by the police to stay put, and indoors. Killer got his gun and went back outside looking for someone. So, you've got re-engagement. You've got pursuit. Um, you've got premeditation. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you've got provocation. Yes. He started yelling at my son. Uh, you cannot uh, use Stand Your Ground to claim protection from that which you fear. I can't tap you on the shoulder from behind you. A bunch of times when you turn around angrily saying, what? Now I'm afraid. I caused that problem. Uh, the the uh, detective, Captain Levin, who oversaw the investigations, made that point strongly in, the, in his testimony, which is in the book. You can't start the trouble. You can't start a fight. And then now you claim fear because you're afraid of what's resulted. That's not what the law is for. That's right. It doesn't apply here. Yep. So whether I think standing your ground is the worst thing in the world or the best thing, it doesn't really matter. It's not applicable
1: That's right yeah we've got to, uh, Bethany, I don't know what stand your ground means so let's let's clear that up for those who don't know what that is so stand your ground uh, basically puts forth you do not have an obligation to retreat from where you are where you're standing or where you're traveling or any of that stuff. you do not have an obligation to retreat when someone is threatening your life in some states. They say you have an obligation to actually retreat and leave. Now they don't do that for the agents of the state. The agents of state get whatever cover they need to get. Okay. The guys in blue, the thin blue line that you guys, uh, get the, the propaganda for. They, they can, they can retreat or they can stay or they can advance or whatever they want to do. But that's what staying your ground is to protect the rights of the people under the second amendment. Okay. Because you have the right to keep and bear arms anywhere, and the right to do that is not so you can brandish a pistol. It's not so you can show off your your weapon or any of that stuff. It is so you can defend yourself, defend your family, defend your neighbors, or anybody else in in you know in the vicinity. That is that is what stand your ground is. Castle doctrines also go with that. They deal with what goes on in your house and things of that nature. And uh, so all of those things are really to protect the innocent uh, individual who is actually. Carrying a weapon, um, it is to protect them. It is not. And again, as you've heard from Sandy, and nobody disputes the facts of the of the case here, do they, Sandy? Nobody's saying that this guy didn't leave and ignore uh, the nine one one, the police, whoever it was that were that were actually telling him, "Look, just stay locked in and everything else." Nobody's doing that. Let me let me reference a, a couple of passages of scripture. The the first one everybody's familiar with Exodus twenty thirteen is, "You shall not murder or." Most people know it. Thou shalt not kill. And Jesus reiterated what that was in Matthew chapter 5. He said, if you hate your brother in your heart without a cause, and and what it means is without a just cause. In other words, he hasn't done anything to you, but you hate him. And, um, And you've already committed murder. Why? Because the first step towards murder is hate towards your brother. That's the first step towards it. And so he reiterates that, but he also talks about those who take the life. And we read in the Old Testament, somebody breaks in your house in the daytime. Uh, you're not to be taking their life. You can see them. You can see they're there and this, that, and the other, unless they're going to threaten your life. And then we have uh, passages like, uh, after the flood, God told Noah, he says, if a man takes a man's life, then man shall take his life. He's going to forfeit his life if he takes another's life. And I'm not going to put words in your mouth about the death penalty, but the Bible's very clear about that. I'm for the death penalty, but I'm for it locally, not at the state, not at the federal level, right in the place where the uh, the person lives, because he's going to have people there that are wanting to try to prove his innocence. And I think that's really what a trial is, is to try to prove the person's innocence. And if in that step, they end up proving his guilt, well, then that guilt's on his own head. And uh, I'm for that. Because we haven't done that, I think that we... Embolden people to do it because they go. Well, I'm just going to get three hots in a cot. If I even get that, I might not even get. I might not even get brought to justice in the matter. So um, I'm for those things. There's some other things that the Bible says about that, but I know yours is to pursue justice in the matter. That at least, DeSantis and and others will do their job. Amira Fox will do their job that they were elected to do, and that is to uphold the law. And apparently, that's not being that's not being uh, handled down there in Florida in this particular case.
0: No, it's not. And there's some interesting points that uh, follow your questioning. Number one, um, the state attorney's office down there um, wrote a report that was very skewed. One of the things they had to do was hide the location. So in their final report on uh, on the actual shooting events of that evening, they leave out location. And it's very simple. If you want to claim stand your ground, I think we all know the idea is stand your ground right here. In other words, you came at me, I felt fear, I stood my ground. But I think it's inherently contradictory to suggest I'm going to stand my ground over there. You can't go somewhere else to stand your ground. That's not standing your ground, that's advancing, that's pursuing, that's hunting. So number one, uh, they had to lie and hide the Hide the location. The assistant attorney on that, assistant state attorney, Dan Feinberg, is, uh, I wrote about him in the book and his problems with the bar, and he couldn't get a job anywhere else. He became their bag man. Uh, I refer to him as Desperate Dan. Uh, he had multiple marriages, needed the job desperately, and he would pretty much do anything he was told. And that's whether inviting, uh, indicting the proverbial ham sandwich or ignoring murders, as he has done. But um, he used an explanation for why this was Stand Your Ground, and it's fairly convoluted, but basically it uh, circles around the word curtilage, the curtilage of his property. And it's interesting because if you read Stand Your Ground in the uh, state statutes, it's about a 5,000-word statute, and nowhere in there does it mention the word curtilage. Desperate Dan Feinberg used uh, a word to define Stand Your Ground in his application of it that doesn't appear anywhere in the statute. So that's the reason, uh, well, number one, that's what he did. Number two, journalists, uh, including a very well-respected uh, AP reporter out of Miami uh, with probably 30-plus 30, 30 years' experience, says he has never found a state attorney's office that could not explain a charging decision. Because whenever, uh, whenever uh, Amira or her office is questioned on specifically how is this stand your ground, they always have no, no comment. And in 30 years, he's never seen a a state attorney unwilling to explain either the reason to charge or not to charge. So it's pretty clear that they had to alter the documents, uh, either with, in this case, omission rather than commission. But they had to hide some stuff so it would fit their narrative. Now, going back to something you mentioned before, uh, I do know Chris Crowley and I have a lot of respect for him. He's not just... uh, a former prosecutor. He's also a lieutenant colonel. Yep. He's currently on active duty. Yes. One of the things that um, he cited uh, was facts out of uh, Amira Fox, Amira Fox Dejani out of her father's book. So it's not as though he made these things up out of whole cloth. Quite the opposite. In the book, her father claims that he and his brother, Amira's uncle, were both founding members of the PLO. So not just uh, tacitly involved or not just aware of it, But they were claims. And I don't know if it's true, but it's his claim, not mine. He claims to be a founding member. uh, He and his brother are both founding members of the PLO. He goes on to dedicate that book to Amir Fox. Yeah. And as a
1: result of Chris just simply pointing this out, what happened? Well, we see Amira's boss at the time. She didn't have the job she has now. He had that as state attorney. Um Steve Russell, and I was I'm going to ask you about that because you've got a section in your book about this. Uh, Steve Russell goes after Chris Crowley, and Chris Crowley oh. is actually, you know, up against the bar for simply stating what her dad wrote about about him and and, and uh, her uncle. And that that's what got him in trouble. So he was attacking her. But Steve, let me ask you this. You know some things about Steve Russell. Most people do there in Southwest Florida because it seems to me she is cookie cutter to Steve Russell in the sense that he wouldn't go after a case unless it was a slam dunk. He wanted a high percentage rate of convictions and this, that, and the other. And it seems Amira is that way as well. If I can't make sure that it's a slam dunk, I'm not touching it. I want to look like I know what I'm doing. I want to get the conviction, blah 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 blah, and make myself look good. That's what it seems like to me in the reporting I did. And I know her her husband Mike. Uh, whenever he hears my name, I've been told that his head wants to explode and he wants to go into seizures and everything else. Uh, so I hope that uh, maybe this helps him out a little bit uh, where we're bringing this up. But it seems like she. Has become quite the the protege from Steve Russell. I I don't know if you would agree with that or not.
0: Well, I I, I wrote about Steve because I think that's where Amira starts, and uh, he wanted somebody in office that was friendly afterwards, and you know for whatever reason uh, it, it could have been uh, he wanted a continuation of his policies. It could have been he liked the idea that some of the things he'd done would not be reviewed by someone that wasn't a friend at court. So. I don't know what his motivations were, but he went to great lengths to support her candidacy to allow her to campaign on state time, but which she should have been sanctioned by the Ethics Committee. She confessed to doing it. They still didn't uh, uh, find a decision that there was any probable cause. So there. much for ethics, huh? <laughs> well, I cover that in the book as well. That's uh, Elizabeth Miller, who used to work for Pam Bondi, who got in trouble. Amira Fox bailed her out. Consequently, uh, Bondi owed Fox. And then Bondi supported Ashley Moody's uh, election, and Moody owes Bondi. So you can see how that food chain connects quickly enough.
1: And let's um, point out that Bondi came up under Trump that we talked about yesterday. This is this is how that corruption, that whole scheme of corruption works, is everybody ends up owing somebody a favor and doing all these kinds of things instead of bringing justice.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Pan Bondi got into trouble with the Trump University scandal. Uh, he had done business mostly in... Uh, uh, California, New York and Florida. And uh, both the New York Attorney General and the California Attorney General had filed suit. They expected Florida Florida's Attorney General to file suit while it was under review, Bondi re- received a $25,000 donation to her uh, reelection campaign. And then what she did, and I think this is what offended the uh, the Trump campaign the most, she immediately dropped the case, which looked pretty ham-handed. I think what they were expecting is a little more subtlety. I think they were thinking, yeah, you'll drop the case, but you'll pretend to review it for a couple of months and then quietly do it. Instead, she just about uh, dropped the case on the way to the bank to cash the check. It highlighted things. That's what resulted in a, a complaint being filed in Hillsborough County against her. But because she was the former state attorney there, they had to recuse. They kicked it to the governor, then Governor Scott. Scott needed to find a way to get rid of it. Scott wanted no part of the case. He was running for the Senate. He had to find a place where cases go to die. Oh, look, the 20th Judicial Circuit. So he kicked it down to his friend Steve Russell, and Steve had to find somebody that could make this case go away. And he knew just the person. And he gave the case to Amira Fox. And that created a debt on uh, uh, Bondi's part towards Amira. And that's one of the reasons the Ethics Commission, who is guided by Elizabeth Miller, never finds probable cause.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, so. You know, some of what you're putting out, you're hoping to draw some attention because DeSantis is setting himself up. You know, ultimately, he is the CEO. I call them, uh, as a governor, the chief law enforcement officer, if you will. He's the one who's supposed to enforce, make sure the laws are faithfully executed out of the state of Florida. And while he has, you know, I know a lot of people said, oh, he came in and cleaned up a lot of corruption, this, that, and the other. And I always tell people, I said, look, controlled opposition— Will always throw you a bone. That's how they're good controlled opposition. When I say good, they're they're I shouldn't use that term. They're deceitful. They they make you think that they're this, but then when you start pulling back the curtain on a lot of things, for instance, he said, Oh, Common Core is dead. No, he didn't. They just renamed it, they rebranded it uh, because they're still following under the unlawful means of the federal government issuing every student succeeds act and everybody knows we cover this stuff on Wednesday that gets brought up virtually every week that the federal government is violating the 10th amendment doing and DeSantis like his predecessor so it's not just him uh, Rick Scott and other governors they've taken federal money to do those kind of things so you're trying to highlight this in the midst of all this popularity with Ron DeSantis to say look can I get some justice for my son Do you have any indication that Ron DeSantis is starting to say, hey, maybe I need to take care of this. This could come back and bite me in the butt. Do you have any response other than it's under review? I mean, is there any indication that this guy is going to deal with a murder, a clear murder in uh, southwest Florida of your son? Or is he just ignoring that? And is he just playing the political game like he's doing with the uh, illegal aliens, which he's actually committing a crime in doing so?
0: Well, um, I I think you're correct. I, I, but, you know, you went earlier, you indicated the way we do things. They they work for us. The problem is, no, I'm not getting any traction at all. I don't believe I have yet. That was the idea behind the book. Get enough journalists and just common citizens saying, hey, what's the story with this? So I think there's strength in numbers against government. Um, I met with Ron DeSantis during the 2018 um Campaign. He was campaigning uh, here in the Orlando area. I actually, met with him, spoke with him, discussed the case. And my memory is pretty good. What he told me at the time was that when local government fails to do their job, the governor has both the obligation and the authority to take action. And all I'm suggesting Amen. is he follow through on that that statement. If that's his core belief, and it was at the time, then it applies here. Now the timing is obviously. Um, it's not coincidental. He's running for re-election. In 2018, he beat his opponent by opponent by less than a half percent, which actually forced a recount. Not exactly a landslide. Uh, in 2022, he's running again. We all know that what he'd like to do is then run for president in 2024. He'll be termed out of here anyway. So he'd like to run for president in 2024. And I think he'd like to do that with a big win in 2022 for his reelection, um, I don't think he wants to squeak by again. That's not a big vote of confidence. So the timing is very simple. Um, you know, it's not a coincidence they came out with the with the book during his reelection campaign. I think this is a time for people to be asking questions. People like you, people like ordinary voters. What are you doing about this? This is a murder. I didn't know about it, but I just saw the book or I just heard an interview. Now I'm aware of it. What are you doing? I'm convinced. Uh, that my question gets no traction. But when there's, there's strength in numbers and when there are enough of us asking him, what are you going to do about this? Then I believe he'll take action. And that's the reason, uh, the reason I wrote the book. That's the reason I, um, I released it when I did. And that's the reason I'm looking for as much publicity as possible to put the pressure on him to answer the question. What are you doing about this? And by the way, you've only got two choices. You can say, I can't take action right now because I support corrupt officials if they're Republicans. Or you can say, I can't take action right now. I'm a big believer in murders. I'm a big supporter of murderers. But if you're not in favor of corruption, political corruption on, on the Republican side, and if you're not in favor of supporting murder, there's no reason not to take the, uh, not to take the case. And by the way, Mayor Fox has fought having the case moved. All I've asked for, all I've asked the governor to do is just move the case to a different judicial circuit let's get, uh, Amira Fox has indicated she's got a bias towards me. She's made that clear on multiple occasions. I've campaigned against her. I've put up billboards critical of her. No question that there's a, there's a bias there. But the, I'm not an attorney, but I'm pretty sure the elements of a murder case do not include, for a prosecutor, how you feel about the victim's family. So she's let the bias control, the, um, uh, control her, her actions as a state attorney. And that's a, a strong conflict. Um, I've talked to judges in Southwest Florida that have looked at this and said, you know, she ought to refuse, No question about it. All I'm asking the governor to do is move the case to a new judicial circuit for an honest, independent, objective review of the case. That's it. The problem is, and Amira fights this, the problem is if he does that, she has said we don't see a crime. What happens if it moves to a new circuit? They look at this, they indict, and they convict, and they put a murderer in prison as they should. She looks like she was negligent. So she's not only unwilling to do her job, she's unwilling to let somebody else do it and make her look bad. And actually, this won't make her look bad. Being ineffective and being corrupt is what makes her look bad.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, here's what I want to do here. I, you've got several pictures of your son here. And, you know, people here. okay, it's your son. They don't see a face. They don't have any of this. And I know a lot of times when you get into court, they use it to make this emotional appeal to people. But I want people to understand your son was a real guy. He's the fruit of your body. Uh, you love him, uh, and and as fathers, we love our kids in spite of their flaws and all of the other. We try to correct them, lead them in the way they should go because we love them, and we, we discipline them, and we correct them along the ways of their life. But I want to go through some of these pictures. Can you give us a little insight into who your son was uh, leading up to this time, just just the kind of person he was growing up and things of that nature? You want to speak, to, speak
0: about any of that? And the reason the pictures are in the book is very simple. I don't want him to just be a nameless, faceless picture. Absolutely. Um, top left, that's Ryan as a two-year-old. Um, a school child on the right. Teenager on the lower left. And then uh, on a, a holiday with the rest of the family. Uh, that's Ryan on the top with some friends uh, during his college years. Ryan in the, in the middle on the right, uh, toasting a groom. He had been the best man at their wedding. Um, that's Ryan with his mother I had the misfortune uh, Spent 35 years raising a family And I lost 2 out of 3 in 14 months That's uh-huh. my late wife uh, With Ryan
1: Very sorry to hear that And then you guys are in front of Big Ben there
0: That's us <laughs> Ryan and I uh, did, the, um, did a trip We went to London and Paris So there's a shot of us in front of Big Ben There's a shot of us in front of the Eiffel Tower But it just didn't come out well So it didn't make it Okay Family dinner as well at a holiday, uh, on the upper left, middle. Uh, pardon me, right uh, on the, the second one down on the right. That's at my niece's wedding. Uh, that's Ryan um, when he started working somewhere out of college, uh, mid twenties. That's Ryan in the lower right with his uh, with his dog, who's always with him. And now, how and, uh, how old was Ryan when uh, when he was killed? ryan was thirty two but he was two weeks shy of turning thirty three okay all right
1: okay so we're we're at this we're at a, you know um we're at a situation here uh, sandy to where again you're trying to get the word out. the book is the next step you've you've done some interviews you you've talked to local news outlets down there uh, you've been on the show here uh, I think I actually covered something of your story before we had our first interview, but it was it was some before that and um and seeing what had went on, and I think even local news outlets, well, I forget the one out there, was it wink or whatever i they actually covered your story, and they were actually in favor of your position against what the state attorney was pushing forward. Have you seen any advancement from them? Have they continued to come to you and said, "Hey, what's the story here? Have we give any updates or anything like that?"
0: Well, here's an interesting, uh, an interesting fact about Southwest Florida. Um, Steve Russell uh, does not like criticism. He's very thin-skinned. And what he has done, uh, whenever he gets coverage he doesn't like of his office, he's gone exactly the opposite, uh, in the opposite direction that you would hope. Instead of looking at the criticism and saying, well, maybe they have a point. I do have a low conviction rate. Um, I do have some uh, strange things going on in my office. Instead of looking at these things and accepting them, uh, or giving them a shot of, of rational thought, he just lashes out and sues, um, sues the, local, um, the local affiliates that have uh, provided coverage he didn't like. And that's two problems. These are small little affiliates. They can't afford $200,000 worth of legal defense fees. So basically, it's a small business, and he bullies them. And he's done it on several occasions. So number one, he will uh, shut them down by, um, or tries to uh, shut their activities down by, a filing lawsuit. Number two, he threatens to shut off any information flow, so they can't get any coverage, any information. So he's going to hurt him in two ways. He's going to hurt him financially, and he's going to hurt him in terms of uh, information access. And that has a chilling effect on what keeps us free, which is a free press. Um, so when that happens, they're reluctant to file heavy coverage against him, and that's the intent. And Amira does this as well um, with regards to Wink News. Um, they did a great job. Unlike you, most of the media down there are afraid, and uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Wink did some fairly strong coverage. Uh, Lauren Sweeney, very good reporter. Her coverage on my son's uh, case was nominated for an Emmy. Um, and so she's done a great job with it, but they still held her back in, case, in places where she would have liked to have gone further. Um, so, no, they have not been a, a real place of strength. I don't think Ron DeSantis, looking nationally, really cares much what some of the local affiliates have to say. Well, what I need is the book to catch a little fire and to get attention from people like you and further and more of. And as a result, when he starts hearing about this case instead of once every couple of months, but instead maybe four or five, 10 times a day, he'll start to realize he has to do something.
1: Yeah, and one of the, you know one of the things Sandy in this is he is vying for the office of the president of the United States. Part of that is the same responsibility that he, he's supposed to have as governor of Florida is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. And if he's not doing that as a governor in Florida, why would people want to put him up there to do it? You know, on uh, on the national scale, if you will. Let me ask you this, let's take a couple of minutes here because we really haven't talked a lot about uh James Stephen Taylor, the man who shot and killed your son. Can you give people an idea of what this guy is because you've laid out things that are known facts about the man. Can you do that, and I'll show some of the portions of the book here about some of the stuff that you have on him do you want to you want to kind of give people an idea who what kind of guy this he was?
0: well um, you know uh, it's it's pretty clear the police felt he's a hothead, he has anger management problems. Anecdotally, the neighbors complain about them fighting. Uh that happened down in Fort Myers. He moved afterwards and uh moved over to uh, uh the West Palm Beach area. And the neighbors there claim that uh there, there are more difficulties. They rarely see the wife outside. They've seen her with a bloody nose. Um he's um he's he's got no children, no family. Uh the neighbors uh are somewhere between afraid and disgusted by him. And um, just a a real waste of a life and uh, kind of a destroyer and um, nothing he can point to. The only thing he ever points to in terms of success is that 30 years ago, he was in the army for two years and came out as a corporate corporal. That's it. There's really nothing he can show for himself. He has uh, told me he's a financial failure. He has um, he's got really nothing to show for himself, really nothing. But if you look at, in the book, I include the text messages.
1: Yeah, he wrote some really nasty stuff to you. I want people to see that.
0: Well, it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty clear. Stand Your Ground says he had fear. And both the police and any other reading of this, yep. um, nobody was afraid that night. He was angry. He didn't go outside because he was afraid. As the police captain said, people that are afraid don't go outside in the dark looking for trouble. Yeah. They wait for the police to show up and protect him. Instead, this guy went out looking for trouble. So he wasn't afraid. Stand your ground doesn't apply here. He wasn't afraid. He was angry. He was embarrassed in front of his wife because maybe uh, uh, she was looking at uh, a younger guy. Uh, She had had, they'd had marital difficulties with that in the past. So uh, he flamed up, got angry, went out in anger to go teach somebody a lesson. And then it got out of control. And now he's claiming stand your ground when in fact it's murder. That was that t-shirt you're holding up right there. It's a text he sent to me maybe three months ago, two months ago. Wow. I, was, I mean, just brazen about it, too, isn't he? Well, I think he's proud of himself. I think he's quite proud of himself. Yeah. He lied to the neighbors, because I've heard from his neighbors. I've gotten phone calls unsolicited. And he told the neighbors the, uh, the shooting occurred in his hallway, in his house, to make it sound like he was heroically defending his family. It's not true. It was over 100 yards away from his house. He had to leave his house. Go walk 100 yards to find my son, seated on the ground, facing the other way, not a threat. That's the person he went and shot out of fear. That's murder.
1: Absolutely it is. And I think all of this is demonstrating what his heart was. And again, I go back to the words of Jesus. That's The murder starts in the heart. The, re- the way they would pre- determine premeditate. When you read the scriptures, and I'm pretty sure it's done the same way today, is they go back and they see what ha- what interaction has this person had with the other person? Did they express anger towards the person? Did they express a desire to want to take their life or to harm them in any way? That leads to what is called premeditated murder. It would be first-degree murder. And uh, so that I, th- I think that's pretty clear. I want to bring these up right quick, and then uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of the show. Sandy, I'm going to give you the last word, let you talk about uh, the site you've got set up. But for people who want to... Have a voice in this, all right? You want to hold uh, a person like Ron DeSantis, Attorney General uh, Ashley Moody, or Amira Fox, state attorney, uh, accountable. Look, it's going to take people working together, looking out for one. I've said this before. We are supposed to be a community of sorts in doing these kinds of things. So if you want to contact Governor DeSantis, the number is 850-717-9337. 850-717-9337. 850 717 9337 We're gonna have this link up in the archives today. So if it's very difficult for you to do that and you want to send an email or any of that, what we can what you can do is click on that, you can just send it off uh, and, and let them know you want an answer to this. You don't want them to keep giving you, we're investigating this. It, how long does it take you to investigate this? You already have all the evidence. Ashley Moody, here's another one who's been given time and time again, just like DeSantis, information about crimes, does nothing about it. You can um, you can contact her uh, through a switchboard at 850-414-3300. 850-414-3300. And then, of course, we have Amira Fox, uh, the Office of the State Attorney. You can contact her at 239-533-1000. 239-533-1000. And I'm not telling you to be nasty to these people. I'm just saying be firm with them. They answer to you, the people of the state of Florida. If you're outside of that they don't necessarily answer to you, but your call will put pressure on them to answer that more people know about it. And they don't want people shining a spotlight on that. With that said, we got a little over a minute here, Sandy. You want to give a final thought and then point people to uh, the site you have set up for your son?
0: Well, it's um, your I just agree with what you're saying. Um, it's interesting. The police captain that handled both investigations used the word premeditated several times. He believes this was a premeditated These were premeditated actions. It was premeditated premeditated murder. Um, With regards to um, the governor, uh, the calls you're talking about, uh, polite but firm, appropriate, um, are the calls the governor is going to have to take into consideration uh, because really you can't go applying for one job unless you've been able to do this job. That's right. So if you can't do this job, why do you think you're entitled to apply for the next job? The facts of the case are in the book. The book is on Amazon. It's available there as an ebook. But candidly, I'm not interested in selling books. If uh, someone wants the book and does not want to go on Amazon, you can have them contact me directly. I'll get them a copy. The okay. issue is more... Uh, real quickly,
1: is- uh, Sandy, five seconds. Tell them about the, the website here.
0: Um, the website doesn't have anything on it. The website is just Justice for Ryan on, uh, on Facebook. Okay. So the real facts are in the book. They can get it on Amazon, or they can call me, and I'll get them a free copy. I just want them to read it, understand it, and let the governor know it's important.
1: Okay. All right. Sandy Modell, hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Catch Bradley at 3. We'll be back in the morning,
0: 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. See you.